to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and we are so happy that you're here joining us. Today, we're talking about finding joy in our everyday life, particularly. But how do we find joy? It's so elusive sometimes. Lindsay and I are going to try to tackle this topic and offer some practical tips, as well as what we think joy can look like in just the everyday hustle and bustle of life. But first, Lindsay, how was your week? How was my week? Um, you know what? It was it was a week. <laughs> you and I were just saying before this that, you know, we both we're both feeling a little tired and we're like, how are we going to talk about joy? Yes. <laughs> um, so I feel like I will choose one thing to celebrate, and that was that Jason and I got to the movies on our own for the first time since 2011. Wow. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> I've been to a movie theater um, like twice since then, but with the kids going to see a kids movie. Um, so I've not actually seen an adult movie or been with my husband alone in a movie theater since 2011. And theaters have changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even know how things work in there. I look like I look like you're not going to get this reference probably because it was a random movie from the early 90s. But Encino Man, where I've been like a caveman locked away and then I like stumble out into the world and everything is changed i'm like the movie theater posters are digital like mm-hmm. they change i used to work at a movie theater we had to have the keys and open them and like unroll the movie theater into the the cases and oh, wow. wow i was blown away so, oh, the technology did you do the vip movie theater no this movie did not it was the new one in mm-hmm. kitchener but there uh there, this this the certain film we saw did not have the vip option but it had those fancy new chairs mm-hmm. the recliners so much uh you know foot space and oh wow yeah mm-hmm. luxury that it is, was great that is phil's and my uh once a year christmas time movie date If we can, if we can get out, because we never go to the movies, we will spring for the VIP. I used to, before I I was married, I always went to a movie on Christmas night when everything was done and all the gifts, like as a teenager and into my early 20s. And I really liked that. And I kind of wouldn't mind starting that with my kids. Um, When everything's done, you just go see a movie, even go in your jammies or something. Mm. So how was your week? My week was pretty good. It was pretty low-key, nothing really out of the blue, except for that we as well got out this weekend after a very long time of not getting away. Uh, So my husband and I joined another couple to the Stratford Festival, Um, and that was awesome. We used to go all the time when we were dating because the festival has this uh, great deal for people under 30 years old. And that deal is that on certain performance dates, you can get in for $25 yourself. And then you can bring someone of any age also for $25 to see uh, one of these world-class plays. And so uh, we were thrilled to make it back there after several years. And we saw an Oscar Wilde play um, called An Ideal Husband. Yes. And it was it was interesting. I was expecting (laughs) Oscar Wilde's uh, very popular play or story, The Importance of Being Earnest, Mm -hmm. um, was a little bit more lighthearted, 
I think, mm-hmm. than this one was. But it's still, once the second act kind of picked up, it really did play into that um, misconnections, con- mis- uh, misunderstandings that cause chaos type of comedy. And uh, so when all was said and done, I think we we both enjoyed ourselves immensely, even the whole getting out of the house and mm-hmm. enjoying some art for once. Yes, going to the theater. That's right. I felt very classy. Oh, that's classy. awesome. Now, <laughs> did people dress up? Uh, not en masse. So mm. I would say there were people that did dress up. I was one of those people because I mm-hmm. loved dressing I to go to theater. I expect less. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I bought a new winter coat that has like a fur collar that I almost pulled out, but it wasn't quite cold enough. That would have looked out of place for the weather. <laughs> Yes. that woman's problem um <laughs> but no yeah like I wore a simple it was a simple dress but that mm. with some heeled boots and yes. um yeah I, I I wish people did because it does lend itself to the whole atmosphere of theater and a night out it totally so we were dressed up at the movies because that's who we are too and we had we were still in our church clothes but um my my parents came to babysit and my dad's like why are you dressed like that? And I'm like, I'm still in my church clothes. He's like, you're going to go to that theater? He goes, everybody's in their sweatpants. And I'm like, well, not Jason and I. That is just <laughs> not who we are. But you know what? You can, my mom always says, you can never be overdressed. I truly believe that. It's time for our etiquette tip of the week. Lindsay, what do you have for us this week? Well, Jason and I just took the kids on a on a long 5K walk down a trail, and I noticed as I kept yelling to my kids to stay on one side of the trail, uh, I started thinking about the etiquette of that. And sure enough, the etiquette rule for when you're walking is to keep to the right. And this is this you know the case on a trail or at the mall or in a hallway or anything like that. You keep to the right. And I saw many older people doing that on the other side or on our side, keeping to their side. But I also saw many young people completely unaware, you know, they're walking slowly in the middle. And and this is the case on the path or this is the case in front of you at the mall. Many times a cell phone out and their face is down on their cell phone or speaking into the speaker phone on their cell phone while walking, which I don't understand either. Um, But just walking slowly and they're not, not aware of their surroundings. And so, I don't know, maybe it was my years taking the subway in downtown Toronto, but you wouldn't dare walk up the wrong way on the stairs or, you know, take your time going up the stairs or down one of the hallways. You would get (laughs) completely berated. And so um, you do, you keep to the right. So that is the etiquette tip for when you're walking and teach your children to keep right. Yeah. And you know what? That does kind of go with driving as well (laughs) in Canada oh yeah in Canada (laughs) yes for our many British listeners please do not follow this advice Uh, but you know what Lindsay we have the exact same thing when we were doing our bike riding I was trying to tell the kids like stay on the right side of the path when we're passing each other especially on like Thanksgiving weekend like it's so mm. crowded everyone's out for walks and yeah. I found myself I was just constantly yelling over my shoulder sorry mm. <laughs> yep because yep. my kids almost ran you off the path <laughs> there's so much yelling like and I'm yelling the whole time too and I thought if I could just drill this etiquette tip into my family I wouldn't have to yell it the whole time on the path so I will continue to teach them that the proper etiquette is to just keep right so that I don't have to yell it while we're out on the path 
Okay, so today's topic is finding joy. And that's something that's really difficult to do, especially with things going on in the world. And we talked about busyness in our lives and how that's that can be so overwhelming. And it can be a real challenge to find joy and to be joyful people in the midst of all these things. So Lindsay, we were going we were going back and forth talking about like what would we even define joy as and is it different than happiness or these were the thoughts that we were having it really is and i was asking my husband and kids this earlier because i think there's a way to look at joy in a biblical framework too and and that's something that we can touch on but um even when i was reading just secular articles made written by psychologists there is a difference between joy and happiness and it seems like joy is less transitory um it's not tied to external circumstances like happiness can be and there seem to be quite a few people talking about how you know, we can derive happiness from things that might not necessarily be good for for us, but that joy is usually linked to something that has a deeper virtuous moral connection. And then my daughter, who's about to be 12, came running in my room and she goes, mom, mom, I just read about joy in my devotional. She goes, would you like to see it? So I'm going to just read to you. And I, and I don't know the name of her devotional off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I thought this was the best description. So it says, joy is a constant undercurrent of peace in our hearts. It's like an underground river that continues to flow, even though the land above is dry from lack of rain. So just that idea that joy is always there under the surface and happiness can come and go. Um, But as, as, you know, Christian women, we want to make sure that we just are really cultivating that sense of joy that is is always there just below the surface. Uh, What do you have to say about it, Michelle? Yeah, I like what you're saying about the cultivating that aspect of um, that consideration that joy can be something that is worked on, that we don't have to just uh, wake up as joyful people. And if you are not, then you have somehow failed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it is... um, like, for example, uh, we are taught in catechism that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit are the attributes that are manifest in our lives once we have been diligently putting into practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts being things like fortitude and charity and love and like all those things. So once we have done that hard work, then we start seeing these fruits of peace and joy and all these things coming into our lives. So like you said, it's less transitory. It it has less to do with your material or circumstantial surroundings and more Mm -hmm. to do with this deep abiding interior peace. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that you, I believe, you can work on cultivating. Absolutely. And and I, I think that's really important when you were just talking about, you know, being a fruit of the Holy Spirit, that if I look back on my own life, um, I wasn't... Uh, I was always a bubbly person. I'm very extroverted, very bubbly, but I wouldn't say I was a joyful person. And it wasn't until I really submitted to God's will instead of trying to battle him along the way and think that my my plans were greater than his. It was really an act of submission. And when I just finally gave over my heart, you know, to Jesus, it just that joy, that indescribable um, joy that just can't be diluted and it can't be taken from you no matter what happens in your life just really filled me. And 
a noticeable change in my life. And it really is the working of the Holy Spirit. But it's when we start to act um, in a way that is in alignment with God's will for our lives and in trying to grow in virtue in our lives. Yeah. And I would just make a quick point to go along with your uh, faith aspect of finding joy in your life, because I find that with me as well. Um, it, what faith does for me in finding joy is gives perspective, right? So when I am feeling bogged down by everything, it's this reminder that there is a bigger picture at play here, you know, yeah. and it's my faith that gives me that, that I, because often you can't see the forest for the trees. If there mm -hmm. are things that are causing you anxiety or stress, um, sometimes it's hard to get yourself out of that, uh, out of that hole. But what I've been finding lately is that if I can think, you know, at the end of my life, will this particular circumstance matter all that much? And usually not always, but usually the answer is no. And then it's a little bit easier to kind of let go of some of that edge. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, this abiding peace that cannot be taken from me is this knowledge that there is something greater and something that is good and true and beautiful. And these minutia of the day, though they factor heavily in the play-by-play -play right now, they may not be uh, something that I need to lose my piece over. Absolutely. And I think that just hearing you say that just really made me understand that joy is a big picture thing. And I think happiness can be like a small picture thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like joy really is looking at our life in, in on a whole, like you're saying, and, and just carrying that through our entire life and just trusting in God's plan for our entire life. But yeah, happiness can be like little blips along the way. So yeah, big picture versus small picture. Yeah. We were talking earlier about um, this idea of comparison being the thief of joy. That's mm -hmm. a popular saying. And uh, especially nowadays, there are so many different ways that that can come into play. We've talked previously on our first episode about social media and how that can rob us of joy comparing to one another online. Yeah. And um, have you found that has factored in with your like with your marriage? Oh, yeah. You know what? The early years of our marriage, we fought all the time. Those little, that bickering, that constant bickering. And, and, and that was into the first year of becoming parents. And when I look back on it, it was, I won't use what, the term we called it then, but it was, uh, it, it was just a comparison fight all the time. Who's more tired? Who's worked harder? Who got up with the baby more times? Um, you know, who's done the dishes more times this week? It was like a constant battle comparing our efforts with each other. And that, that totally, totally robbed us of the joy. Mm. And it was one night, it was, I'll never forget this. And uh, my husband was sitting on the couch and he had just finished a beer and it was 11 o'clock at night and I was still sweeping the kitchen and I was fuming. I was like sweeping angrily and I thought he's sitting out there with beer and I'm in here and I've been cleaning the kitchen all week late. And I just thought, you know what, Lindsay, instead of going in there and snapping, just put on a fake smile and just offer him another beer, see what happens. And mm -hmm. I did. And he actually looked up and he goes, oh my goodness, are you still sweeping the kitchen? I didn't even know that. He goes, can I help you with anything? And I'm like, what? Oh, what? How'd that just work? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think we're going to talk in a little bit about the idea of faking it till you make it. But that's actually, I had to start faking joy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it worked. But I just want to say one more thing about comparison in my life, and then I'd like to know then about yours. But another um, woman I know said, not only do we compare ourselves with like other women that we see on social media, but if we're doing like a weight loss journey or trying to get healthier, like we've been talking about with our last two episodes on keto, we, there are more photographs of our own bodies and of ourselves and mm-hmm. selfies than people have ever seen before in the history of the world of themselves. Wow. So we also compare ourselves against ourselves yes. from like a week ago or did my rink, did that crow's feet look as big as it did a week ago as we're examining 8,000 photos on our phone of ourselves. And so like this idea of just comparison between our marriages, between other people, between ourselves, it is absolutely the thief of joy. Wow. What do you, what's your thoughts? Well, first, I was going to say, talk about being your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not even think of that. For me, I really think of this in terms of my priorities. I am someone who um, some people might say flighty. <laughs> I like to think of it as like very flexible and readily <laughs> adaptable to everything. Um, <laughs> I really do. And this is why I go on social media fests. I literally think everything that you are doing is amazing and also mm. want to do it. And you can mm. times that by the friends that I have, the family members that I have, my sister, my neighbor, the teacher, the woman that sits across the aisle for me in church. Like I so enjoy people, mm. but I sometimes take that too far in that you can appreciate and enjoy somebody and not become them. (laughs) So that's a real struggle for me. And it was only when I started to realize that if I can figure out maybe a couple of priorities that I have, things are important to me and my family and focus on those. And they're kind of like um, keywords that I can pull out at a moment's notice when I start to feel that anxiety creep in. And that has given me a lot of peace. So, um, for example, things like since reading There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, that book that I was talking about on our mm-hmm. Facebook Live way back in the beginning of summer, I've really tried to prioritize getting outside and I'm starting to be so convinced that being in nature is so important. But if we get caught up in all the extracurriculars that I feel we need to be doing, then we don't get outside as much. And that falls mm-hmm. by the wayside. And then I feel um, like something is off. So that has been a, a good thing for me to remember anyways, is not to compare what is important to me in my life. And something that you had said before and, and about watering the flowers, not the weeds. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was actually, um, that one was from an Instagram account that I follow called Simply On Purpose. Mm-hmm. And the woman's name is Ralphie Jacobs. And she deals mostly with parenting and talking about how we can help our kids and our therefore our family lives grow very fruitful and joyfully. Um, but what I like, she said about watering the flowers, not the weeds. And if we apply this just to our general everyday lives, just kind of focusing on spending our energy and our attention on the good that is around us. You know, the things that we would like to see continuing. And so if we apply that to uh, finding joy in our lives, there are always going to be things every day that we can look at and say, this is a good thing. And this is maybe not 
so much of a good thing. At the end of the day, what are the things you're listing off in your head? Are they the things that were really good? They were uh, blessings in your life, things that you have gratitude for? I guess gratitude would be another way of um, saying this saying of water the flowers. So that was kind of an interesting thing. And it goes along with, um, we were talking earlier about faking it till you make Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually think that there's a lot of merit in that saying, even though it sounds so horrible when you first say it, but Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, I read a long time ago that there's a a study done that if you actually fake a smile, I think it takes like 20 seconds or something until you actually start feeling happy. Like your body has a physiological response and you start feeling happy. And I do this with my kids and that you can tell that they're like so upset when I first tell them to start smiling <laughs> when they're angry. No. I'm like, smile at me, smile. I and I try that. to lock eyes with them and they're like, you can see steam coming out of their ears and they just don't want to. They have to like push down that anger and learn to control it. And it's like, four seconds in of smiling that they crack and they start laughing and then I start laughing and it's all done. So there is a lot to be said about this idea of faking it till you make it. And I think that one thing that you and I both believe, and we are both joyful women Mm -hmm. and we both really enjoy our vocation and, and our vocations happen to be both as mothers and um, homemakers. And, but some of it, this idea of faking it till you're making it is just the act of this is your duty. Mm-hmm. This is your duty, and it is an act of the will sometimes. And I remember talking with a priest once um, about about feelings about something, and he said, we can't wait until we're feeling ready to do something, to just do it. He goes, do you think I wake up and feel like I want to be a priest every day? He goes, I don't. And I thought, this is exactly it. Like, we're not just going to feel that outward joy all the time. It is there if you've cultivated it. Um, but sometimes it is an act of the will and it's just getting your jobs done. And the more you do that, and I'm and there's a big link for me that we'll talk about maybe later about order and tidiness in my home and getting dressed for the day and that kind of thing. And then believe it or not, the happiness, that that feeling of happiness that comes from a deep root of joy does come up. But yeah, you got to fake it till you make it sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's kind of continue on that point because I'd be curious to know. I'm only just now starting to realize that tidiness and order and for me, routine uh, really do make it easier for me to rest and rest happily and rest joyfully. Right. And we kind of touched on that in our busyness episode, too. Um, But yeah, for so long, I did not have a very good system um, or just very good diligence, really, in tidying up, keeping the house in order. And it um, it got to the point where I didn't even know where to begin. And so I tried to look everywhere else <laughs> for me to, to find that uh, sense of satisfaction. And it's only been maybe the last year or so where I'm really starting to notice that those times um, where I'm really on the ball getting either the housework done or setting up my kids for something that I know is coming up so that we're prepared and ready to go, that those are the days that I seem to end and I can sit on the couch and I think I I kind of feel like almost buoyant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? It's true. And when I've coached women in the past about finding joy in their housework, um, I, I'm not kidding when I say that housework is like the best therapy you can have because you, if you spend a couple of days and get your house in order, 
I challenge anybody to do that and come to me and say that they're not feeling better. You know, that feeling of cleaning your closet and then opening the door every three minutes after you're done for the rest (laughs) of the day to see how it looks like that's a great feeling. One of the things that my husband and I have always done, gosh, since we've before we had kids, um, but been really important since we've had kids is that, and a lot of our friends know this about us and we've actually taken a lot of flack for this, but our house is spotless. The main floor, not the whole house because you have to pick your priorities, but the main floor (laughs) is spotless every single night. And with having four kids in my house, that's less than 1700 square feet and they're home all day homeschooling, our house gets ripped apart because I'm all about forts and storytelling and baking and doing all those things with my kids. But we also clean up when we're done. And so we get downstairs after we do our nighttime routine. Sometimes we don't start cleaning the main floor until 10 or 1030. And it takes us an hour. We vacuum, we Windex, we do the stainless steel fridge. We do everything. But let me tell you, there is such joy when we sit down in our adult space and we look around at our little humble house and we light the candles. And even if we only get that hour and we stay up till midnight then or 1230 and we get that hour, there is true joy in that hour. And that hour is worth everything to me because that's how I know I can get to that point in my day. So it makes a huge difference on the joy between husband and wife in our home. It might not be the same in everybody's home, but I'd be willing to put money on it if everybody were to try that for a little bit. Yeah, I want to try that in the evenings because uh, that's not something I have a real handle on yet. I'm I'm more like the kids are in bed and I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I see that too. And I mean, um, I have a friend with six kids and, and she was just saying this on Facebook and it's just such a good point. Like you have to pick one space, even if it's mm-hmm. just one part of your home that is becomes your adult space that you can sit and put your feet up and in your sight lines, you're not seeing piles of toys or schoolwork or bills that have to get paid. It's just one place that you keep as your like tidy place. And that's where your husband and you can go in the evening and pour your drink and sit and talk. Mm -hmm. Like a retreat. Yeah. Like a little retreat that you can sit in. I love that. You know, we started kind of a morning routine. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting the kids off to school was always a very challenging time to maintain joy. (laughs) I remember those when my kids were in school. (laughs) Where are your shoes? Um, (laughs) uh, But I found, so I've always been a night owl, Mm -hmm. um, and it's taken a while to switch to becoming a morning person, Mm -hmm. but I'm finding way more value in waking up early for me to get things prepared and ready to go for the day so that by the time I go and get my kids up and start getting ready for school, um, we aren't frantic. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just kind of hit me recently how freeing, ironically, a routine can be. It is. Um, Another thing is getting dressed, getting my makeup on, getting my hair done. I don't do that every day. And when I don't do it, I feel different. Like I'm not putting on the makeup and doing my hair for anybody else. It's not a show for them. It's not even for my husband. It's because it makes me feel different. And so I really feel that the way our houses look and how we carry ourselves is an outward reflection of kind of where we're at interior in our interior life. Mm-hmm. It's not always like that, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be a really strong reflection of just where we're at in our interior life. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I'm the same. And we're not talking like um, a three-hour beauty Right or anything no. like that. No. It, it very simple. Like yeah. um, it takes work to find out what it 
uh, what makes you feel put together. I think that's maybe more. Put together, yes. 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 It's the same concept of having a uniform. Like, why do certain schools or places require uniforms? It's the, the philosophy behind it is because it puts you in a different frame of mind depending on what yes. you are wearing. And yep. we can do that even if we don't have a dress code to follow at work or if we are home all day with our kids. Yeah. Okay, Lindsay, what are you loving this week? Well, we finished season three of Men, The Man in the High Castle, and I know we've... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't started. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, my gosh. I just... Wow. You know what? I'm sharing it on this podcast. My husband's a little nervous about me writing about it on social media because all the images of this show were all Nazi symbols. And he's like, people, if they don't look into it, they're going to be wonder what we're watching. And I'm like, yeah, but they're resisting the Nazis. It's a good thing. Um, so it's not yes. something I'm open about as much on Facebook, but everybody needs to watch The Man in the High Castle. Come on, people. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, outstanding. So you and Phil, like I'll watch your kids all week. Just hunker down oh. and watch season three. Awesome. Well, see, was I... I was even angry about it because uh, my husband is away for business. Mm. So we had a couple of nights at the end of last week where we're like, what should we watch? And he's like, well, we could start Man in the High Castle. I'm like, no, no, we can't. (laughs) Because then you're going to leave me and you accuse me of um, watching shows behind your back. And I won't do that to our relationship. So no, we can't watch that. But we had yeah. daytime watching of it where we left the children alone downstairs watching a movie. And we would sneak up to our room with hot coffee and watch it. It's just, and it felt so luxurious to crawl into bed in the afternoon and watch an episode of The Man in the High Castle. Uh, it's it's an absolutely brilliant show. So I can't say you know enough how much I love that show. Um, also, I just want to share, I'm now reading um, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. And just, it's, a page turner. I absolutely love it. It was on every, you know, list of books you must read before you die. And I was didn't, never seemed interested in it, but just thought I'd try it. And I see now why it's on every list. So those are the two things I'm loving this week. What about you? Uh, well, going along with our theme, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sharing two things that I often turn to to make me laugh mm-hmm. when I need a good laugh. So the first is um, a stand-up a stand-up program, I guess, a show uh, done years ago by Ellen DeGeneres. Mm -hmm. I think that Ellen DeGeneres as a comedian uh, is very funny. And what I love is she uses like every everyday things that we can all relate to. So this particular one is called Here and Now. Mm -hmm. It's I think you can find it on YouTube. But she talks about like all kinds of like, I think the tagline is modern inconveniences. Mm -hmm. She has bits about the microwave, the walking sidewalks in the airports, (laughs) um, calling someone's attention and then realizing it's not that person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and she is just so funny. A friend of mine introduced it to me when we were in college and that was like our go-to when we were stressed out about assignments or exams or anything like that. And, um, it's staying power has held up. So I feel confident in recommending that that's Ellen DeGeneres here and now. And then the second thing is something that I discovered, um, actually while I was nursing our youngest and I feel so badly for our youngest because she would just feel me shaking I guess <laughs> this is like Silent the middle laughing. of the night yeah. 
Yes. Yes. And I could not keep it in. It's um it's called Two Monks Inventing Things. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's on a website called The Toast. They they the author stopped 2 years ago, so they're not producing new ones, but it's just these little like three to five line um, script conversations between two imaginary monks and it's always to do with some sort of ancient art so they're commenting on it Um, it's very hard to explain but if you want somewhere to start (laughs) um, I would start with two monks invent religious iconography and two Mm -hmm. two monks invent art and if you have a similar sense of humor Uh, to me, then you will understand why it's funny and you should private message me and we can laugh and be best friends because I feel like sometimes (laughs) my humor is so specific (laughs) and kind of misses the mark. But in any case, take what you will from that. See, I love that you talked about humor, right? Because that was one thing we were going to touch on and we'll just say now briefly, like, I think that one of the things that um, has really helped Jason and I get through, you know, crazy things in our life is the fact that we laugh all the time we are both hilarious we actually fight over who's more hilarious i'm clearly the more hilarious one and with being married to a cop um we do there's a lot of gallows humor because he sees the worst of the worst and yet is the most kind and wonderful man you'll ever meet and just jason is truly full of joy and i think it's because you know he can come home we can talk about it and we can try to find humor and joy and in every little thing that life throws our way awesome okay that's gonna do it for us this week Lindsay. can you tell us where people can find us yes they can find us on facebook at the modern lady podcast page and they can find us by the same name on instagram the modern lady podcast and i'm at Linny autumn on instagram and you're at mm s-a-c-h-s on instagram And just drop us a comment. Let us know if there's a way that you can maintain joy in your life Um, and just some tips because we all want to just share the joy because it is also contagious, isn't it, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. So drop us a line. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you next week. Mm